Hi, this is Sean Hathaway. This is my podcast called Breakaway. On this podcast, I try to talk about all things finance, and it's, we end up talking about lots of other stuff because so many other things affect the finance world, like, for example, the elections. Uh, on that topic, it is uh, Thursday, November 12th right now. We are nine days post-election, and it looks like our new the new president of the United States is going to be uh, Joseph Biden. And Trump has not conceded the election yet, and it doesn't look like he's going to anytime soon, if I believe his tweets. It's interesting because I think Trump could have easily won this election if he was if he just took maybe 10% of his craziness out. Uh, but then he wouldn't be Trump. And, and what I mean by craziness is just his kind of demeanor and his kind of bully attitude. He's, he's kind of seems like a mean guy, although he's he, a lot of people have met him say he's extremely nice and caring, but you know, who knows? He, he's definitely, uh, seems, uh, he's, he's got some irregularities about him. And speaking of irregularities, uh, this election, the whole election process is, is full of them. And so, um, and I'm not going to sit here and say that it would have swayed the election at all, but if I'm Trump, here's what I do. And he's not going to do this because this is this would be rational. But I'd come out and say, you know what? Hey, I concede the election of Joe Biden. Um, there's definitely some some funny business going on, some irregularities in the counts, some uh, potential voter fraud, and I want a full investigation carried out. In the meantime, I'm going to give Biden and his team access to all the you know presidential information, the, the daily what do they call them? The daily national FBI, CIA reports, all the stuff, okay? And then, but what I want is full cooperation, and we're doing this for to preserve the integrity of the entire voting process and everybody's faith in the, you know, democ- in the fundamentally, you know, democratic procedures and process we have in the United States of America. And I think if he came out and said something like that, it would do a lot to actually get some of these these counties and states to actually, you know, maybe just take a second look. And like I said, I don't think it's going to material. And he could even say that. He could say, look, I don't think this is going to materially change the election. Clearly, from a probability standpoint, it looks like Biden's the winner. But hey, let's go. Let's go count this. Let's go fix it. Let's use this as an opportunity to make things better for the future. And then he could kind of go out with some grace, you know. But um, anyhow, I don't expect that to happen. Uh, on, on the Georgia front, it's interesting right now because there's a lot going on in Georgia. There were 5 million votes cast for Trump, or excuse me, 5 million votes in total. And then I think Trump won by about 14,000, which equates to way less than 1% of the vote. Uh, I think it's 0.2% and, and change. So Georgia said they're going to go ahead and recount all those votes by hand, and they've got some process where somebody looks at it, another person calls it out. I'm sure there's all sorts of controls. So that'll be, that'll be good, I guess. Um... He'll need more than Georgia to win, though. He needs Georgia, he needs Pennsylvania, and he needs at least one other state. So, again, Biden's going to be the president um, unless something just absolutely crazy comes out of the woodwork. But the other thing that affects the markets is that we have now what looks like going to be a Democratic um, executive branch. It's the president of the United States. And then we have, if the Republicans maintain the Senate, that'll kind of put a little bit of little bit of checks and balances in place, and, and the market's like that. Um, so what's going on in Georgia right now is there's two senators, there's two Senate races going on, and to win, you need to have a majority of the votes, like over 50%. Neither the Democratic nor the Republican. The, both both Republican senators had the most votes, but neither of them got over 50%, so now there's a runoff between the 
Republican and the Democrat for each of those Senate chairs. So the, the best that if, if the Democrats win both those chairs, then the Senate will be 50% split. Um, and, and then the, the vice president of the United States, Kamala Harris, in that case, would have tie-breaking abilities. So I think markets, and, and uh, myself included, like the idea of some checks and balances. I don't necessarily want the Republicans or the Democrats having uh, the presidency as well as um, kind of both houses of Congress, meaning the House of Representatives and, and the Senate. So um, that's it on, on election front. Um, moving on to the Masters. I'm actually watching the Masters. It's on my TV right now. I have the sound down. Um, but it is kind of distracting me, so I'm trying not to look at the TV. Um, maybe I should just pause it. But anyhow, this is day one. Uh, the ma- just quick little you know education in case people don't know. There, Masters is a golf tournament. Uh, there are four what we call four major golf tournaments a year. Um, so those are the majors. All the good players will always play in the majors. The majors are the Masters, um, the PGA tournament, the the U.S. Open, and the British Open. The Masters was supposed to take place in the spring, and they postponed it because of COVID craziness, uh, and it's happening right now. By the way, on the COVID front, I just want to say and that I'm, I've been watching golf. I'm kind of getting more into it. Um, it, it. They've done golf as a sport has probably done the best job in terms of maintaining normalcy. If you watch it on TV, it looks totally normal. It's actually fun to watch. There's no spectators, perhaps. I don't know that that matters much. Doesn't matter to viewing, but I think it, the one area where it may affect a golfer is if you're Tiger Woods, and if you've ever seen this crowd uh, of like thousands of people that follow him around the golf course, if you ever get paired up um, or grouped with Tiger Woods, it could really affect your game. Um, so I think that actually gave Tiger an advantage because he got so used to that. So. Uh, so we don't have that. But anyway, they're doing a great job. Uh, little Tiger history. He has 15 majors under his belt. Uh, the greatest of all time, Jack Nicholas has 18 majors. It was really cool seeing Jack Nicholas too because he was out there playing, playing some practice rounds like on what, Tuesday and Wednesday. His wife was there. Really cool. Really cool guy. Um, so he's won, he's won the Masters six times, and Tiger has won it five times. And Tiger won it last year, and it was his first win in I think 10 or 11 years. So people pretty much written off Tiger Woods and he came back, uh, won it last year. And as of right now, as of recording of this, I'm kind of like surfing between different web pages here, but he's actually at minus four and the leaders at minus seven. I think what I heard on the radio was, or on the TV here was that this is the best start he's ever had. So looking good for Tiger. Um, uh, he's really fun to watch. Another cool guy is this Bryce, or just interesting at least uh, from a from a viewership standpoint, is this Br- Bryson DeChambeau. So he won the U.S. Open, which was the last major, uh, just a couple months ago. But the guy put on fifty. They're showing some before and after pictures of him from like a year ago, and now like he put on fifty pounds. And so he's probably the the most like muscular, ripped golfer out there. I mean, the guy is huge. He is just yoked. And he's hitting the ball now further than anybody. Like, apparently he just carries it over 300 yards every hit. I mean, it's kind of interesting because this has been happening for the last 10 years or so, but golf's becoming this where, like, the, the people that are that are really good are, like, really, really in, in really good shape. So, on to other 
uh, let's talk about some other other real market, I guess, finance stuff. So let's go to kind of the markets in the S&P 500. So this week, Pfizer announces basically a cure, <laughs> a vaccine that is. Uh, so it's not a cure, it's a vaccine, uh, which theoretically prevents you from getting COVID. They announced that on Monday and the stock market just went wild. And it has since uh, recovered and kind of gone back to back down a little bit. But the it was just the stock the stock market is so insane. So they have what we call COVID stocks and non-COVID stocks. And classic example of COVID stock would be Zoom video calls, Netflix, uh, and then a non uh, you know COVID stock would be airlines and cruise ships. So the airline I think Carnival Cruises was up like thirty percent in one day. Netflix is you know down seven, eight, nine, ten percent, and then Disney's up. 11 or 12 percent all in one day all because Pfizer says you know we have this vaccine that seems to be 90 percent effective okay but let me talk about the S&P 500 and sometimes just as a little education you hear people talk about the S&P 500 or the U.S. stock market the S&P 500 is simply an index that represents 500 of the biggest companies in the United States and it generally represents over 90 percent I think it's over 80 or 90 percent of total market cap of companies in the United States so the S&P 500 isn't isn't exactly the U.S. stock market, but it's pretty darn close, and that's why people use it. So, although interestingly enough, Tesla is still not included in the S&P 500 uh, because there are certain metrics that you have to uh, meet to be included in there, like profitability um, for a certain number of quarters, and Tesla still um, hasn't met their criteria technically. Though I think next quarter, they'll probably be in the S&P 500. So here's the the thing, though. So this was supposed to be the the year of just... You know, this is supposed to be the 2008, 2009, all over again, stock market crashes. I mean, think about the, I don't even need to go into it, but all the effects that COVID has had on the economy. Year to date, year to date, the stock market's basically up 10%. And that is just insane. It is phenomenal. Um, And I always use a 10%. That's always kind of my investment goal, 7 to 10% a year. And I like 10% because I because if you invest and you're at a 10% rate consistently, your money will double in seven years. So think about that. If you're at 10%, your money doubles in seven years. That means it, it goes up, um, I don't even know what the word is, triple, what's the one after that, quadruple? Quadruples after 14 years. And after 21 years, it's up eightfold, eightfold. You know, that's what they call the magic of, you know, the eighth wonder of the world, compound interest, that type of thing. So the fact the market's up 10% this year to date, given everything that's occurred, is insane. And then this week, Goldman Sachs comes out with this report. Now, I mean, obviously the people at Goldman Sachs are smart, so we can, um, but but they're not always going to be accurate, right? But still, they're super bullish on the economy, and they're saying that, of course, I should say the stock market. The stock market doesn't necessarily reflect the economy, Um but but it's an in, it's an it's an indicator. So they're saying that it's that the 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 market's going to continue to rise uh, this year, like another three percent, which will give us a year to date um, twenty twenty return of fourteen or fifteen percent, which is by any measure an insanely good return. Okay, and then they're saying in twenty twenty one. They're forecasting another sixteen percent, and then they're going as far ahead as say in twenty twenty two another seven percent. Oh my God! I just hope they're right because, man, if they are right, you know, just chiching, chiching, just just bring on the money, baby. So, um, 
so here, let's go to another educational segment, something interesting. So the Pfizer, Pfizer comes out with this announcement, and then their CEO and, and some other executives are in a bunch of hot water now because they sold a bunch of stock. Okay, so they sell their stock like on Monday or Tuesday. Obviously, Pfizer stock goes way up, and they've got the executives selling it off, and now it's in the news. Oh, this is suspicious activity. The SEC is going to be looking into this, and they probably should. I mean, I think the CEO sold five, six million dollars worth of stock. So, however, this is where I'm going to get ultra tech nerdy on you because I have an accounting finance background and I worked in the corporate world. And what happens is they put in place what are called these 10B51 plans. And I think that's a reference to an IRS code. But backing up a little bit, if you're not supposed to sell stock if you have inside information, or said another way, information that's not publicly available. So, because that wouldn't be fair, right? I'm selling stock and, and making all this money, and it, I shouldn't be able to do that with a public company stock if everybody else doesn't have the same information. So, but as an executive at a company, you're always going to have more information than the public, and they're compensated in stock. So, the way that you get around this. Um, so other, otherwise, they would never be able to sell their stock, right? So what they do is they put in place these plans that say, hey, when the stock price hits a certain dollar amount or when it hits a certain percentage increase, I want you to automatically sell you know, X number of shares. Okay, so that's why they do this, and that's why there's probably not really any funny business going on uh, with these executives at Pfizer, although the media likes to hype it all up and make it sound like it's a really big deal. Um, so... That is 10B51 plans. It is now Thursday. Right now, uh, this afternoon, Disney is going to have their earnings release. So looking forward to talking about that, seeing how they think they're going to open up parks and cruise ships um, with uh, with uh, the COVID crisis, etc. Oh, real quick, some recommendations. I, I continue to watch Cobra Kai with the family. Highly recommend that. Watched Queen's Gambit. It's not a hard recommendation for me. Um, it was pretty good, though, and kind of thought-provoking and makes you want to play chess. And a podcast I've been listening to, a new podcast host, is Rex Friedman. He's been around for a while. He's a professor at MIT. So obviously he's, like, super smart and interviews people that are, like, ten times smarter than, than all of us. Uh, but it's pretty cool and keeps my attention. feel like I learn a little bit listening to it. So go check him out. Okay. Um, off to the Masters. I'm going to play some golf and uh, hope everyone has a great weekend, even though it's only Thursday. Thanks very much for listening. Really appreciate it. Bye-bye.